I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Caged In podcast where we will be talking about 1997's action thriller Face Off. This is one I have been looking forward to because I know this is considered to some as a crown jewel in the careers of Nicolas Cage and of John Travolta. I'm looking forward to this beyond words because not only do I have a fascination with Nicolas Cage also have a mad fascination with John Travolta. I find the guy interesting. I like him, but at the same time, I feel like I should hate him. It's a weird love-hate relationship, like I almost have with Nicolas Cage, in that I just don't know how to feel about them because they are odd and interesting characters with amazing and terrible screen performances as well as fascinating and interesting personal lives um yeah so i'm looking forward to this one all i really know about it is it's directed by john woo and clocks in at two hours and 20 minutes from what i've seen of gifts and clips just in the past before i decided to do this podcast i feel like like yourselves, I'm also in for a fucking treat with this film because it looks batshit crazy. And what do we know that our boy Nicolas Cage provides to us the most? And that is a good fucking dose of batshit craziness. I just can't fucking wait guys um, <laughs> if Connor was anything to go by this one also is gonna be a good one we are well and truly into what I am calling the golden mile of Nicolas Cage's career starting off with leaving Las Vegas and storming through with this one so that's enough of the shit at the beginning <laughs> let's just get a raging with Cage in We'll go head to head, we'll go face to face, we'll strip down the, to the waist, we'll wrestle it out, and I'll have a little chat with you once we got back. Okay. Feels like I've been awake for days, watch a film starring Nicolas Cage. Could be shit or it could be fun, Valley Girl face off an army of one. 
Deadpool Corner, Lord of War, The Wicker Man, Trespass, and so many more. Know how it starts, I don't know how it ends. The first ten are solo, then it's me and some friends. No distractions, no expectations over the weeks. Hear my frustrations. I guess the podcast is about to begin. I'm your host, Petra Plasilevis, and I'm caged in. I've got to put it in the intro, so here it is then. Rules, rules, rules. Here at the Caged In Podcast. I follow two simple rules. No distractions and no expectations. And they go as followed. No distractions. So when I'm watching the films, I don't look at my phone. I don't look at my laptop. I don't look at anything from the outside world. I have no outside influences whatsoever. And no expectations. So going into the films, I know nothing about them. If I've never seen the film before, I will know nothing. I knew nothing about this film apart from the fact that they switch faces, because I think that's in common law that that happens. But apart from that, I knew nothing. So, that's out of the way. Let's get on with the episode. Face Off is directed by John Woo. And I love it. Ooh, yes, I love it. Nick Cage and John Gervolta too. Yes, I love it. Oh. Yes, I love it. And I fucking did, guys. I enjoyed this film so fucking much. It is ridiculous. <laughs> this is batshit crazy. It's ramped up to fucking 11 stupid. And it's just what you want from an action film. <laughs> It is wrought with tension and it is wrought with emotion. The performances in this film from both Nicolas Cage and John Travolta are fucking amazing. I just read a bit of trivia about this film that the initial casting was meant for Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. Another time when I wish I'd seen that film, but like Die Hard, a film that was originally intended for... Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'm so glad it didn't go to that Austrian brute. Instead, it went to these two maverick nutters. And it is fucking great. John Woo just throws every single fucking crazy thing he possibly can. Any action stunt he can. There are people diving left, right and centre. It's like a Mad Max game. Mad Max? No. Max Payne game, left, right, and center. It is fucking great. Um, yeah, you're in for a treat, guys, because I am amped for this film. Now let's talk about what the fuck happens. So we start off. It's moody. It's broody. There's a lot of tension going on. You got oh, it's black and white, and you have. A carousel with John Travolta and his son. It's looking really, really, really nice. Having a lovely time. But it looks like it is going to be ruined. As we see a man assembling a sniper rifle on a grassy knoll. An image that we all know too well. This man was not the assassin, it was not Lee Harvey Oswald, no, it is Caster Troy, 
as played by Nicolas Cage. One thing I have to mention here is he's got a proper 70s porno tash just to give us a indication that this is a flashback of some sort because the rest of the film he does not as if we would be confused in any way he's got the 70s porno tash he goes to shoot travolta but him being the double hard bastard that he is the fbi agent the bullet just slices straight through him missing any vital organs and into that of his young son killing him instantly and the heartbreak is instant as well for sean archer but he has vowed to get the man who killed his young son and will stop at nothing to do so that is a point that I must drill home. He will stop at nothing to get revenge on the man who killed his son. Cut six years later and Sean Archer is at Police HQ. One thing I've noted down here is the PCs are old as fuck. I imagine in 1997 they looked state-of-the-art cutting edge people are tapping away they're looking for stuff he's losing his shit like where the fuck is caster troy we need to get this motherfucker we've got a tip that he might be in the area he's like you can trust your fancy satellites to no end the thing i'm relying on right now is i'll fucking pay ten dollars for a tip from some crackhead i just want to get this motherfucker and we then cut to Caster Troy, who is at the LA Convention Center, and he is putting together one hell of a bomb on the screen just to let us know that it's really dangerous, it's really deadly. It has a skull and crossbones on the screen because we all know that is the universal sign for bad. Um, he is dressed as a priest, and when he leaves the um, area in which he is a, like put the bomb in he then walks out and conveniently there is a choir performing hallelujah and he walks over to a poor choir girl who has dropped her notes on the floor and he whispers some profanities into her ear or something like i never dug christ but I dig you, and is real lechy and real creepy, and stands behind her and grabs upon that poor Christian bottom of hers, and she does not look comfortable, but he is loving it. Um, this is the first moment we obviously see him, and his dancing as a priest, he kind of does some kind of squat headbang, that is fucking great. And as soon as I saw that, oh, I just felt relieved that I'm getting the cage I love. I'm getting crazy off the wall fucking wild man Nicholas Cage. And it, it just gets better. Sean Archer then gets a tip off that Pollock's Troy has made a chartered flight from i believe it's lax or an airfield and that 
they will be taking off and he knows that the one person he will not fly without is his darling brother Caster. Um, I did a little bit of research into any significance into the names of Pollux and Caster because I thought they were very, very odd choices for uh, Caucasian male uh, characters in a film uh, that seem to not have any distinct uh, background or anything like that. And they are references to twins from Greek mythology who uh, Zeus then turns into the Gemini sign on uh, the constellations. So there's a little bit of information on those names. <laughs> and then we see the airfield where Pollux is waiting for Caster, he is there with a couple of unnamed goons. I will refer to these two goons as that throughout because they pop up here and there. Um, and oh, Caster makes such a fucking entrance. It is amazing. He has a he's laced in velvet. He has a velvet like a silk. He's laced in silk. He has a silk shirt. He has this almost silk suit on he is looking fucking mental and it is great (laughs) um he comes out and he is not happy he says to the guys what the fuck are you doing i'm here i protect uh i pay you to protect my brother and even from himself because he's just doing all types of crazy shit. He should not be booking flights under his own name, because that's how the fuck we get found out. One thing of note I have here is that he has these kind of two gold uh, guns in the back of his trousers that have, like, dragons on the handles, and also has a dragon money clip, which are all really fucking cool i know guns and that shouldn't be glorified but in the 90s they did not give a fuck and i don't really give a fuck because i think they are pretty cool (laughs) and then we get a scene on the plane which um someone quoted to me the other week and i was like i got a shamefully admitted to you i do not know what that quote means and they were like oh it's from face off and then I had to admit that I'd never actually seen face off so hey you guys on Twitter who I spoke to I can't remember who it was but if you are listening this is for you because we get the amazing scene of I could eat a peach all day (laughs) for any of you haven't seen the film in context um an air stewardess so she seems asked Caster Troy if there's anything he would like whilst they are airborne and he says um a peach and by a peach he means a bit of that sweet ass um and he says to her I could eat a peach all day and then says to her um a line that I've written down because I thought it was fucking crazy. It says, um, if I let you suck my tongue, would you be grateful? And he just pokes his tongue out and she sucks it. And 
I started to feel my dinner rise up the back of my neck into my throat and into my mouth before it dissipated back down because the police turn up and the fucking action is ramped up. (laughs) The FBI are chasing the plane. Cast the Troy notices the fucking archers there. He's like, Archer, you motherfucker. I would have got away with it if it wasn't for you. Always there to foil my plans. Um, The lady on the plane turns out that she is not just another peachy floozy for Caster Troy. No, she is an FBI agent and she is like, hands up, motherfuckers. I'm the FBI. Um, Archer plays chicken with the plane because he is a badass motherfucker and he will stop at nothing to get the man who killed his young son and at the last second as any respectable and sane person would do he pulls the car away so it does not get fucking mowed down by a plane good move there sean archer um Caster then shoots an FBI agent, um, and then Archer, (laughs) this stuff just happens, like, so fucking quickly, it is crazy, (laughs) the next thing you know, Archer's in a fucking helicopter, he's hit the tail of the plane, he's trying to take the plane down so it cannot take off, um, oh, the FBI agent, sorry, I just put FBI agent. Caster had shot the FBI agent who was on the plane. He had shot the lady. He had had her hanging out the side of the plane, went, I guess this is one of yours, shot her in the head, let her fucking eat tarmac on the runway, and that is her done. And then back to Archer. He's in the helicopter. He takes out the tail of the plane, and then he manages to shoot out an engine, leaving the plane to hurtle into a hangar. And the FBI swarm the plane. Caster then dives out of the plane in Max Payne fashion, double wielding his guns, mowing down people left, right, and centre. And people are literally blown away. You could almost see the cables behind them just yanking them back, and it is fucking great. Pollux then gets arrested, giving caster his moment to slink off and try and get away the reason he does not shoot is because gas canister is leaking and pollux says to him there's gas do not shoot because you will kill us fucking all you crazy motherfucker um archer then pursues an agent is shot by caster and then they have a face off the first the first of many in this film and they have one bullet left each caster tells him his plan that there is something that will destroy la that a plague will rain down upon it that hell of fire and fury will happen to them the worst the world has ever seen (laughs) and um he asks him about his family which really pisses archer off at this moment caster troy tries to fire at Archer, but then realises he doesn't have any bullets. He's miscounted because he was fucking gung-ho. He was shooting left, right, and centre. Um, He then goes to one knee, to both knees, and then tries to give himself up. 
But this is just a ploy because he's a crafty motherfucker. He's a low-down, dirty dog. And that's not the way he is going to go out. Um, he tries to pull a knife out on Sean Archer, who then kicks it out of his hand. They scuffle. Buttons are pressed on a console unit that is attached to an airplane engine. And fires Castor Troy down a tunnel into a fence, knocking him unconscious. Which brings us to the Elvis reference of this film. And that is when Tito, Sean Archer's partner, says, I guess Elvis has left the building. Now that Caster Troy has been apprehended and put to rest, it's time for Sean Archer to get back to some sense of normality. And we see him at home with his family, with his wife and his child, his surviving daughter. Obviously, she was not gunned down by Caster Troy. It was just his poor young son that felt the wrath of our man, Slick Nick Cage. Um, his daughter is a turbo goth. She's gone full on. His wife saying, you need to have a word for She's gone mental, and um, they have a discussion. He's like, you're not the same person you used to be. And she says, not like you would have a clue who I am anyway. I thought this was a good bit of foreshadowing, because maybe you might not know who your father is at some point. (laughs) And then Sean explains to his wife that that's it. They've got Caster Troy. They can put things to bed. It is all done with. Um, he will get the counselling that he's been saying he'll get for ages and he will just go to a desk job and that will be it. He will be just a a simple nine-to-five kind of guy. I have an idea, and I guess you probably have an idea, that that's not how this film is going to end, is it? It's not just going to end. It's not just going to be the rest of the film, John Travolta, filing some stuff, like maybe getting it in the wrong place. That would have been great. The rest of the film could have been him working in the same office from Vampire's Kiss and him filing stuff in the wrong place, not being able to find files, and then Nicolas Cage's character could come back and have a go at him. That that's But that's not the film we're getting, guys. We're getting balls-to-the-wall action. We're getting fucking... Ugh, we're getting fun. We're getting... Oh, yeah. Um, Archer then returns to work to applause and a hero's welcome the cia have sent champagne and he's a real mood killer he's like how about we raise a toast to all those that are dead yeah um and like fucking hell like what a party pooper come on let's 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 get it going like fucking you've got the guy you've spent like the last six years trying to track down like have a bit of get up and go but no he is an absolute party fucking pooper. Um, then special forces come in and they have got a little floppy disk. Remember those bad boys um, with the plans for the bomb that they had got from Pollock's Troy. And uh, it kind of has this rad little graphic of a sexy lady, but then her face turns into that of a skull. And it's like, ha, 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 ha. We got a bomb, and it's got all the blueprints and all the schematics and stuff like that. And you know shit is gonna go down. Uh, They then interrogate Pollock's Troy, who's wearing some green jumpsuit. And at this moment, it, it just dawned on me, he looks like the fucking Riddler. Like... 
like classic comic book um adaptations yeah like a like an uh, like not even the riddler he looks like edward nigma before before he was the riddler like uh, i've recently been playing uh, arkham knight and yeah how he looks in that like definitely got that vibe um special forces say as well um there's only one way that Pollux Troy is going to talk to anyone, and that is if his brother is in the prison as well. And we know that his brother is in a coma, so that is not a likelihood of happening anytime soon. And even if he was, they wouldn't know about it anyway. So they are in the dark as to the location of the bomb. Um and the special forces lady says to Sean Archer, well, there's one other possibility. And this just made me laugh because from knowing the basic premise of this film, uh, I knew what that other possibility was going to be. And he is taken to a lab and a doctor shows him some crazy fucking shit where one of the guys who cast the Troy had shot they are like grafting him a new ear from scratch by the looks of it, which um, brings me to my uh, thinking about this film since watching it. Uh, a massive fucking plot hole in this film is the fact that they are grafting an ear from nothing. So why do they have to go through all of the rigmarole they go through? Um, I will get back to that point when obviously, uh, yeah. I will 100% get back to that point. Um, and they say, we want you to swap faces with Caster Troy. We've got him on ice, as it were. He's in a coma. We And they're showing him all the fucking rad stuff they would do. We've got this mask that is his face. And we will give you liposuction. We will create body hair. We have a laser to give you a haircut. Because just a, a normal haircut, we'll give you the exact hairline. We will make you look the fucking same. Um, and Archer is like, fuck that. I ain't on board with being Caster Troy. The man is a fucking lunatic. I'm kicking it old school. I'm pulling people in. I'm doing some interrogations. I ain't doing any of this new age face swapping bullshit. You can stick it. He pulls in a couple of the guys to no avail. One of the people he pulls in is Dietrich, who is played by Nick Cassavetes, um, who is probably more famous for being a director. He's directed The Notebook and um, I believe My Sister's Keeper. I kind of like, yeah, those... Nicholas Sparks kind of novel films which is um a real departure from his role in this film he kind of looks like a crazy Richard O'Brien from um Rocky Horror Picture Show and more 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 like Richard O'Brien though from The Crystal Maze the great crystal fucking maze um and another person he pulls in is a lady called Sasha, who is Dietrich's sister, and the uh, caster had said to have been staying with them at points and stuff like that, but still, Sean Archer gets nothing from them. Um, and then <laughs> he goes back to the special forces and says, so what are you asking me to do with this? 
operation. You're asking me to forget about my, like, not tell my family, not tell anyone. Live as this criminal. Like, it's a black bag operation. So the only people who know about it are the doctor, the special forces agent, and Sean Archer's partner, Tito. And that is it. He mulls it over for all of about two seconds and says, you know what, guys, I'll fucking do it. Like, even though all the things I've listed have made this sound like the worst possible fucking plan ever, I will swap faces with that fucking nut job. Um, we then get a scene of Archer with his wife, and they kind of have a bit of an argument because he says he's going to do one last job. And in this kind of emotional moment where he says he wishes that the bullet had been an inch to the left so it would have taken him and spared his son's life. Um, and then he goes to sleep in his son's room because him and his wife are having a bit of friction. He kisses his daughter goodbye. And then the next day, it is it. Operation Day, the big day. Uh, one thing before he goes under, he asks the doctor, this scar on my chest... When I go back to being me, can I please have it put back on? Because it is a memory. Um, he then gives Tito his ring and says, like, keep this for me. I um, Nobody would know that I'm doing this, so you'll be the only person who knows. Please hold on to this for me. I love you. He doesn't say I love you, but like, <laughs> it's just kind of slow motion. It's fucking, I, it cracked me up. Um, then we get the surgery scene, which is fucking cool. There is a laser slicing his face off. Then it's slicing, cast the Troy's face off. And there's these kind of like masks that are put on. And it's like the face is going in formaldehyde and it is fucking cool um caster troy's face is put onto sean archer's and then his face is just left in a kind of stasis in some time of formaldehyde or some other super scientific liquid that they have um Archer wakes as Caster Troy and then has a meltdown of epic proportion and just like can't stand the look of his own face because it is that of a face that has tormented him for six years and he just fucking flips out, pointing at everyone going, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And I was like, yeah, I'm fucking in. If I wasn't before, I'm fucking in now. Fuck me. Fuck me for enjoying this so much. I'm fucking in. Um, and then there, uh, some crazy bit of fucking science. They put a chip in his larynx to alter his voice. And they kind of... <laughs> the way they do it is fucking great. It's kind of like they have a audio clip of Caster Troy and they're saying please repeat this phrase after me and he does so and then they just pitch it it just seems it just seems like it's real fucking easy um one thing I noticed is that they gave him no real like training in how Caster Troy carries himself or any of the stuff he would have known like he's just gonna go into this prison with just 
fucking blind, literally no like oh he knew martial arts or anything like that or this is the way he carried himself they just go you know what just swapping faces that is it you're going in um he is then bagged and put into prison this prison is kind of like out in the middle of nowhere on the middle of a fucking like raft in the sea it looks like an old oil works or something like that and it is a fucking super prison you get the like head guard giving all the new inmates a speech of like you've got no fucking rights here we do not we do not see to the geneva convention you've lost everything you've got these rad fucking magnetic boots and every time you have them on we know where the fuck you are and at any time we can just fucking shut you down and you've got nothing um the prison is pretty mental there's kind of like ambient music played across the place and there's like nature documentaries on screens and everyone seems to recognize caster troy obviously it is sean archer which brings me on to the point from this point on i will be referring to sean archer as caster troy as caster archer and sean troy will be caster troy as sean archer just to clear things up because i thought about this and trying to explain it is gonna be really fucking difficult so that is the way i'm going to do it and i'm going to stick to it um i hope so everyone recognizes caster archer but he has no fucking idea who people are um thomas jane is one of the inmates who recognizes him again he has no fucking idea he is and a massive fucking fight breaks up from a guy who recognizes caster archer from his days as caster troy um and then yeah he has a fucking mental moment again where a very much gift face of his he just this kind of weird fucking mental grimace up at pollock's troy and then starts repeating the phrase it's like he's had a mental break he starts repeating the phrase i am i'm caster try i'm caster try i'm caster try um and it's fucking crazy <laughs> then the real caster troy wakes up and it is fucking cool obviously we'll be calling him sean i know at the moment he is no face troy because he wakes up and he has no face he takes off his bandages looks in the mirror and is like hang on a second what the fuck is going on um first thing he decides to do is call up a couple of his goons and say hey what the fuck is going on um i'm at this facility i've just started watching this little tape of this operation i need you to kidnap the doctor and get him here uh and then he is watching a convenient tape of the operation that they had performed on sean archer that just literally all the same angles that we saw as the viewer he is watching on a tape um I'm guessing the only explanation for this is that this is such cutting-edge technology that they would need a video 
like reference point so when this becomes a lot more of a ready available thing for people to do that he would they would then use that as the template that other people could learn from um my problem i had with this idea of them swapping faces um as is about to happen like it's about to come full circle is that we have seen them creating an ear out of nothing so why do they have to swap the faces that is a point i can't get my head around now i am kind of annoyed at myself that i've thought about it because and i'm I apologise that I'm telling you that because now that when you watch it, that would just be in your mind from the start and you'll be like, oh yeah, what the fuck is going on? But um, back to the matter at hand. So he is watching the film and is very nicely filled in on everything that is going on. And whilst he's doing so, he's smoking a cigarette. Let's bear in mind, he is smoking a cigarette with no fucking face. Um, Just walking around with no skin on your face would be fucking horrible. Let alone smoking a cigarette with no lips. Or Yeah, it's fucking brutal, but looks cool as fuck. It's a faceless cage. It's just muscle and grit and uh, goo. It looks fucking cool. Um, Caster Archer then finds out from talking to Pollux that the guy that he had had a fight with was because he, as well, Caster Troy had had a sex sandwich with the inmates wife and sister the night he got put down into this hellhole of a prison then from explaining that his mind is fried and stuff like that and kind of kind of explaining away why caster archer is the way he is um gets the information out of pollux that he needed that the bomb is at the la convention center um their conversation is interrupted because Caster Archer is told that he has a visitor. And oh boy, does he have a visitor. Out of the dark, the shadows, appears a face that Caster Archer knows all too well. It is the face of his former self, that of Sean Archer. Now belonging to that of Caster Troy, a man that we will refer to from this point on as Sean Troy. Um, He says he has burnt all the evidence of the face swap and not just that of the face swap, he has burnt Tito, the special forces agent and the doctor, so as far as anyone is considered, this black bag has been put out to the trash. Nobody has any idea that they are living as each other. And he is there as an inmate and he is fucked. Um, this is a very brief visit. I like that the fact that he's probably taken a helicopter out to this kind of place in the middle of nowhere. This kind of Alcatraz-like oil rig prison and i think he's done it just to deliver this amazing line he's like well i better be off because i've got a government job to abuse and a wife to fuck which 
turns caster archer's fucking stomach um it kind of seems like that is a big point of this film that um it preys upon the fear of just I don't people's fears of you don't want anyone else fucking your partner, do you? And um, it seems like that is a motivation for a lot of this. I don't want anyone fucking my wife. Um, and then Sean Troy goes to the suburbs and is not happy. He's like, oh, look at this fucking place. It's disgusting. I'm used to a lot more grit, a lot more grime, a life of fucking crime. Oh, <laughs> um, he automatically fucking turns the charm up to 11 and is trying to seduce the pants off of Sean Archer's wife. And she's like, oh, you're like a new man. You're real, you're real, oh, you're real touchy-feely. Oh, come on. And um, she's like, i got to get to fucking work. Like, put it back in your pants, you horny bastard. Um, and he gets real creepy with his own daughter. Uh, I believe his line is, well, this is interesting. Uh, comes in, steals her cigarettes. He's like, I won't tell your mum if you don't. He's all of a sudden, cool fucking dad. No, he's not. He's a mass murdering fucking criminal for hire. Crazy motherfucker. Um, one of his first things he does as the fbi agent is he cuts a deal with pollux he gets him out of prison for information of where the bomb is and he tells pollux you've got to like make me look good he's in the interrogation room he's like you've got to tell me where the location of the bomb is obviously i already know but you've got to tell you've got to, for the cameras you've got to say that's where it is because the money i will get and at adulation and fame i will get for being a hero of this great city of la will be much more than the 10 million we would have got from these mercenary terrorist motherfuckers um sean archer then with seconds to spare two seconds to spare diffuses the bomb a graphic appears on screen like ah you've diffused me that sexy skeleton faced 8-bit graphic appears and he is a national hero he's getting calls from the president he's getting calls from his wife and at that moment he says tell the president to hold because he's a fucking big swinging dick now um he then goes home that night and makes a romantic meal for him and his wife um She's like, yeah, but is this going to end now that you're the head of the F... Like, you're you're fucking the big swinging dick in the FBI. And he's like, well, I'm going to come home every night to my wife. And she's like, oh, what about when you're off? Off out gallivanting again. And he's like, well, there's only one place I want to go right now. And that's upstairs with my wife. And this is the moment where Sean Troy fucks Sean Archer's wife. And it is the fucking death blow to a man who is locked the fuck up caster archer however is in prison just trying to make a life for himself i would have guessed by this point he'd probably been in prison maybe two days three at the most um and he befriends tom J- well he doesn't really befriend him he just asks him a few questions he's like how the fuck do i get out of here and he's like well that ain't happening and he's like 
without your boots coming off. He's like, well, how the fuck do I get these boots off? And they're like, well, if you're going to get fucking lobotomized, if you're going to get shock treatment, that is the only time they take off these big old new rock fucking looking boots. Um, And then he hatches his great plan for his great escape. He goes up to a guard and steals a cigarette from him and then causes a riot. Then causing the guards to pull him like that's it you're getting fucking shocked you're getting out of hand um him and the inmate that he had a fight with he says to him i'm sorry about your wife i can assure you like um i'm a changed man but it's time for me and you to get out and they fucking take down the guards take down this gun take down that guard they're going left right and center taking over um they go to break out. Sh- uh, sh- Caster Archer is messing about with a computer, causes a system overload. His new inmate friend, who I'm not quite sure I got his name. Uh, if I did, if I did, well, if, if his name was said, I didn't get it in my notes. He is shot. He is hanging off of a balcony. They are holding on by a gun. They, they are having a moment where it's like we could be friends we could be free we could get out of this hellhole but he falls to his death and it's a real sad moment for a man whose name i didn't even fucking know (laughs) um he then goes to a fire exit and it is then we see it's not until this point we i don't think we had seen at this point that it is a sea hanger that this prison is on and i just thought how the fuck did he he seems to like not know that that is the case he's like oh fuck uh, where am i how did he not know obviously he is a fbi agent posing as a criminal so obviously he would have known the whereabouts of this fucking death prison in the middle of the sea but seems to not have a clue It is at this moment of confusion that a helicopter pulls up and he's like, fuck, I am brown bread and then decides to jump from the structure into the sea. Sean Troy then leaves for work and is stopped by his now wife who says to him, where the fuck do you think you're going? Don't you know we got something very important to be doing? And he just looks fucking confused because he is not the head of the FBI. Uh, he's not the head of the FBI. He is not the FBI agent who lost his son six years ago. He is a fucking madman. Um, and she puts it to him. I know you don't like this day, but we got to do this. It turns out that they had swapped faces, but days before the birthday of Sean Archer's dead son. Um, Terrible timing on his part. He should have said, I'm up for doing this deal. Obviously, I know we have a time frame that we only have to the 18th of July or whenever it is to get the bomb. But can we leave it just two or three days so I can fucking, like not celebrate but mourn the passing of my son on his birthday but no he just went through with it anyway because he's all about getting the fucking job done um he then goes into work and he is informed that caster archer has 
died. He had jumped off of the mega prison into the sea and asks, have they recovered the body? And they're like, no, he couldn't have survived that. And if anything, he's not going to come back to the city. Oh, wouldn't he? He's already fucking there, guys. (laughs) So we see Caster Archer. He's skulking about LA trying to figure out what the fuck he's going to do. He manages to get into a car that conveniently has a car phone and manages to call his wife and says, the man you believe is your husband is not your husband. And she's like, who the fuck this? Don't be calling this number again. I want to know what the fuck you got to say, you madman. Get out of here. And then he calls Sean Troy to let him know, I'm alive, motherfucker. Um, with a brilliant line, he says, oh, hello, like, hello, hello. Um, Sean, Sean Troy answers the phone and says, this is Sean Archer. And Sean Caster Archer replies, well, I guess this is Caster Troy then. Fucking check, motherfucker. Uh, he then, uh, Caster Archer then maneuvers his way over to Dietrich's place. That is some kind of fucking futuristic looking loft warehouse mansion looking place that looks cool as shit. He's got a few people around having the crappiest looking party I've ever seen. There's drugs going everywhere. They're all happy to see caster troy is back they're like yo motherfucker let's get this party going um they do some drugs um something is put into caster archer's drink he has a little sippy sippy he gets his guns back his nice dragon hilted guns and says i've got a plan that we are going to kill sean archer as we know him to be sean troy and says the famous line. And it is at this moment I was like, I am in. I am so fucking in. If this was a pull, I am drowning right now. I'm drowning in the goodness of Face Off. Ah, oh, fucking yes. Um, we get the line, I want to take his face off. Um, this is, again, another fucking very gift very gift yeah it is there's so many gifts of this and stuff like that it is just fucking great just youtube this scene if you haven't seen it if you haven't seen this film or yeah it's it's yes it's cage at his fucking cagiest he fucking has a meltdown in the bathroom again just fucking hates the face that he's got upon him and then pulls another mad grimace and that is the moment that sasha walks in like what the fuck are you doing slaps him around the face um sean troy then explains his plan to pollux that he is going to somehow get caster archer um he catches hide from that 70s show uh the actor danny 
Oh, I fucking forget his name. He's a Scientologist. He's, but he played Hyde in that 70s show, trying it on with his daughter and fucking just punches him through the window of his car. And it's fucking cool as shit. It's like, pow, motherfucker. I'm a dad and you not be disrespecting my daughter like that. He then gives um his now daughter some sound advice don't let that shit happen. Have you got protection? She's thinking, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't want to have that sex chat with you. He's like, no, I mean a fucking knife. Here's a knife. Here's a rad little knife that you can have. It's like, here's a little tip for you. If you ever want to fucking hurt a man, stab it in, twist it, the wound won't close. Maybe that will come to help you a bit later in the film. Who knows? Um, Caster Archer is back at Dietrich's rad pad and is... Getting come on by Sasha. She's like, oh, yeah, this is what you want. You know you want me. Um, Who's looking over going, oh, what's going on? Pollux, the creepy Riddler-looking motherfucker has got his binoculars on a building across the way. Calls up Sean Troy and says, oh, I think Archer's uh, having a a bit bit too much fun as you and he's at your old friend's house um caster archer is then told that sasha's son is caster troy's and the like is introduced like this is your son and um he has a weird fucking moment where he looks at him and pictures his own son and this is this kind of it gets real fucking creepy. Uh, but there is no time for it to... For happy families to be played. The FBI are there. And ambush is on at Dietrich's place. And things fucking pop off. It goes crazy nutso bananas. And I fucking loved it. There seems to be a guy in Dietrich's gang who can only shoot by diving. Like classic fucking matrix diving that's the only way he's double wielding it's this classic john woo fucking hong kong hollywood madness and it is great the people are just getting blown away left right and center it's fucking mad sasha shooting people dietrich's fucking mowing people down left right and center caster archer is not shooting anyone because obviously he is an fbi agent himself passing off i don't know how many times obviously i'm hoping you guys are fucking with with me here and know what the fuck i'm talking about because watching this film it seems all pretty self-explanatory watching it but trying (laughs) trying to explain this is yeah my mind is kind of feeling a bit like what the fuck is going on there is a really cool moment where there is a shootout to the sound of over the rainbow because Caster Archer has put headphones onto his now what he believes is his son, um, Sasha's son, uh, who is listening to Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And there is a amazing shootout. Again, people fucking getting mowed the fuck down. Sean Troy turns up and is not fucking happy. The first thing he does is shoot Dietrich in the fucking neck and he is down um then we come to a amazing confrontation um both 
cast the archer and sean troy are either side of a mirror so there is a mirror like it's mirrored on both sides and they both point their guns at it and like that's it let's just fucking like kill each other and it's them obviously shooting at the image of themselves what they would like to do well obviously yeah yeah shooting at the image of themselves but to them it is the other person and it is trying to explain now is just sounds fucking nuts uh, but they dive out of the way there's fucking bullets flying all over the place and then um the fbi agent who had had his ear reconstructed then comes in with a fucking grenade launcher and is just popping shots off fucking boom boom he's fucking going mental uh this actor is played by um oh i I'm really fucking bad with names, but he plays the Gavin Belson in the show Silicon Valley. So it was nice to see him pop up, popping off grenades left, right, and center. Caster Archer runs away onto the roof and he is followed by Pollux Troy. He lures him up to a high point and then swings on a rope and fucking kicks him through the roof of Dietrich's apartment and onto the floor conveniently next to Sean Troy's feet. And that is good night, sweetheart, for the Riddler Prince Pollux Troy. Um, and it is at this moment that... Sean Archer says, hey, Gavin Belson, you're really good in Silicon Valley, but I'm going to fucking shoot you in the face. Sean, Troy, the next day, assaults his boss. He's like, "I've." his boss comes in, the head of the FBI, and he's like, I have had enough with your fucking gung-ho tactics, just Gestapo-like, going in, kicking the door in, shooting everyone. We want some arrests. We want, like... We don't want you just to mow down every fucking bad guy. It's getting a bit suspicious that you seem to know where everything is all the time. Like, the higher-ups are getting... They're breathing down my neck, so I've got to breathe down yours. It's this moment he fucking just smacks him up a bit, like, holds his hand over his mouth, and then just casually calls an ambulance like, I think that the head of the FBI is dead. He's had a heart attack. Um... I'm not sure if he thought he'd get away with this. I definitely think that they would have done an autopsy on him and said, like, it wasn't a heart attack that killed him. It was the fact that someone karate chopped him in the fucking throat and, like, suffocated him to death. But he's not a man, obviously, who thinks about the future too much. And I guess by the time that... Oh, no. No, no. It wouldn't have done. He he definitely would have got away with it. Fuck's sake. Uh, Caster Archer then breaks into the hospital and breaks into, not the hospital, he breaks into his old home and explains to his wife that he is Sean Archer and he is not Caster Troy. And she is very sceptical and he says one simple thing. My blood type is is O negative and Caster Troy's is AB that is the only way you'll figure out because everything else about us um i'm not sure there's one thing you don't actually find out about this film that they don't say whether their penises are exactly the same i know um penises can 
like vary very much in size, length, girth, um, <laughs> coloration, and stuff like that. That is not a point that the doctor says. He doesn't say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna make you identical in every single way." But I guess that is something they would have factored in for God knows why. It seems that they can change a face. They'd probably be able to change that with no worries whatsoever. Um, she seems sceptical, but it seems like a seed of doubt is planted in her mind. Um, that night, whilst Sean Troy is sleeping, she takes a pinprick sample of blood from him. And then the, that that night, she is on call, so it manages to sample the blood and sees that is a that it is a b and caster archer is there and he's like i'm telling you i'm me and then goes into a long and romantic story of their first date solidifying in his wife's mind that he is who he says he is um it is again in my notes i've written here this film definitely preys on the idea that you don't want people to shag your partner um (laughs) they then hatch a plan um as to how they are going to rid of caster troy once and for all it is at this moment the tension is ramped up because we see that Sean Troy is pacing his way through the hospital with a couple of goons and he is suspicious and he bursts through at the last moment. You think, fuck, they've been caught. But his wife is dealing with another patient and Caster Archer has managed to slip away for another day. Um, Their plan is that at the funeral of the head of the FBI that um yeah he will be there and that to get the daughter away the next day sean troy and his wife are going to victor's funeral uh caster archer is at the church where it's happening they are sat in the front he's in the back there's kind of cool scenes of slow motion doves flying uh, he takes the photo of his son that he had taken from his house when he had visited his wife earlier and hands it to an altar boy of all people who passes it to Sean Troy. Letting him know, I'm here, motherfucker. Things are going to go down. Um, once the funeral has finished and the church is empty, we kind of get... Um, the moment where they meet and they're like, well, this is fucking a showdown. This is biblical. This is fucking gonna happen. And then one of the goons brings in um, Sean Archer's wife. And then we get a standoff between Sean Troy, Caster Archer with the wife in the middle Caster Archer has his gun pointed at Sean Troy. The one of the goons has his point his gun pointed at the wife. Then Sasha comes out of nowhere and is like, I ain't fucking having this. Has her gun pointed at Sean Troy. And then Sean 
Troy says, well, your daughter's coming as well. You're not going to fool us, motherfucker. Uh, She's waiting in the car. Goon 2 turns up and he has his gun pointed at Sasha. So we have ourselves a nice little Mexican standoff, guys. Then shit pops off. Sasha moves, takes Eve... um, Sean Archer's wife down like to protect her guns are popping off both goons get killed Sasha is shot in the crossfire and Eve then calls the cops whilst Sean Troy makes a run for it and Caster Archer pursues there's this is rad shootouts all the way through the church and the grounds there's like machine guns going off everywhere and at that moment, the daughter shows up and Caster Archer is kind of trying to protect her, but she's like, oh, am I being held hostage? She doesn't know what the fuck is going on. Sean Troy then takes her hostage and licks her face. Um, oh, no. There is, yeah, in the shootout... Um, She manages to get a gun and there is both of them stood there. There is Sean Troy and Caster Archer are like holding one another and she doesn't know what the fuck is going on. And then the voice box has managed to go on Caster Archer. So they both now have John Travolta's voice. Nicolas Cage's voice is nowhere to be seen. Um, One of them is saying... Listen to my voice, I am your dad, whilst the other one is saying, look at my face, I'm definitely your dad. She decides to shoot Caster Archer, the man who is actually her fucking dad. Um, Sean Troy then manages to get a hold of the daughter, takes her hostage and licks her fucking face, which is pretty fucking disgusting. Luckily though, she had been taught a technique if someone does something you don't fucking like. She pulls her knife out, stabs it in his little leggy leggy and twists that motherfucker. Um he then makes a run for it, shoots a load of cops and gets the fuck out of there. Caster Archer then pursues and then things just get fucking more nuts. <laughs> As if they already haven't, and I fucking loved it. Uh, Sean, uh, Sean Troy gets into a boat and blows up a fucking boathouse for just literally no fucking reason. Uh, Caster chases him in a boat. Sean kills cops in a boat, and then Caster Archer boat drives through the fucking cops' boat. He jumps onto Sean Troy's boat they fight he uh caster's got sean's head by the propeller and then realizes oh fuck we're gonna crash into some fucking pier so i better steer this motherfucker away it's at this moment that sean troy tries to hit him with an anchor they scuffle caster archer is then hiding off uh hanging off the side of the boat and manages to get the back up they fight some more then we see two stunt guys hurtle through the air is at this moment i realized 
this is definitely not Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. You can clearly see by their faces they are two stuntmen hurtle through the air as the boat crashes and they kind of end up at like a dockyard weird pier thing and Sean hits Caster with a pipe. He beats the shit out of him. Uh, Caster gets a harpoon and then pins Sean Troy up against the wall and he's like, I'm going to fucking shoot you, mate. I'm going to shoot you. And then Sean Troy says, well, you want my face? You want your face back? Have this face and starts cutting it with a broken bit of glass. Um, does he not realise that obviously the hospital that did this operation in the first place could create an ear out of nothing so definitely they could probably fix his face no worries whatsoever and it is at this moment he fucking shoots him through the stomach with a harpoon and says die 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 um and it's fucking mental and i was like yeah yeah Nicolas Cage with John Travolta's voice yelling die is fucking great um the cops then turn up and call Sean by his real name obviously he's got the face of Nicolas Cage and I hope this hasn't been too confusing for everyone it has been pretty confusing for me trying to keep track of which name is fucking which um his wife then turns up and says, don't worry, we've got some cops, we've got some surgeons from DC who are going to get you right as fucking rain with your own face. Um, he goes under the knife and says to them, I don't need that scar that was on my chest put back there anymore because I've healed, guys. I've healed. I've been for a lot. Well, that's not what he says, but that's that's definitely what he means. And... um. Then we get a kind of like hazy scene, a nice little epilogue of Sean Archer. He is back to himself. He has got the face of John Travolta and he is home, sweet home. He hugs his wife. His daughter runs up to him and um, kind of does this weird like, just like runs his hand down the daughter's face. Um, Seems to be a thing throughout this film. Uh, especially Sean Archer's character just kind of runs his hand down people's face. He does it a lot as when he's um, Sean Troy and it is, oh no, it's Caster, Caster Archer and it's fucking weird. And then he brings in Sasha's son because he is now an orphan and says, this is Adam. Can can we, can we keep him, please? Please, can we keep him? He's a little orphan child. Please let us keep him. Um, and then Jamie, like her father, does the weird rub down the face of Adam. And then the wife just says, Okay. They embrace. And then the credits roll. That is the end of Face Off. And I sat there, mouth aghast, thinking, I might have seen my favourite Nicolas Cage film so far. This definitely lives up to the hype. It is not just one madman we get in this film. It is two madmen, and they both get to 
ham it up to the nth degree and I fucking loved it. Uh, Now we know what I had to say about this film. Um, Before we go to the scores online, I'm actually going to go to Twitter where I actually put out a thing today asking some people for any questions and comments about this film i just wanted to get some other people's opinions as well um i asked one podcast the uh the all seeing guys podcast and like if they had a question or comment because they'd retweeted my post and they said what we don't need to give a question apart from the fact that this is one of the greatest movies ever made and yes guys you are fucking right it is it is amazing and then another question I got is from that Mr. Christopher, uh, the guest of two episodes ago of when we covered The Rock, asked, who do you think plays the better bad guy and who plays the better good guy? I think always Nicolas Cage plays a better bad guy. Um, I just think him as Caster Troy is great. It's just, I just felt that, John Travolta throughout the film is just aping Nicolas Cage because nobody nobody can do that but him. It's kind of... I think a part of it is him, so, um, yeah. So I'd definitely say Travolta. Travolta plays the better good guy, but, yeah, Cage, the better bad guy, through and through. Um, I just think their careers have kind of dictated that in a lot of the roles they've played. Uh, yeah. Travolta up until this point is I think that is the point of this film though that it's guys who are traditionally the other and are swapping roles and that's what's that's what makes it so great um yeah uh now you know what I had to say about the film and what other people have chipped in let's see what this film scored on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. So we know that I fucking loved it. The people over at IMDb have given this film a 7.3 out of 10. Which by my standards is pretty fucking good. And then Rotten Tomatoes have given this film 92%. I'm pretty sure this is one of the highest scores from Rotten Tomatoes we have had for any film we have watched so far on the Caged In podcast. And rightly fucking so. This is up there in the pantheon of great Nicolas Cage films. This is maybe up there in the great fucking action thrillers I have ever seen, guys. I really enjoyed it. I... Do I need to say to you, go watch this film? Yes, fucking do it. It it costs you like a pound, 50p from CX. It's dirt cheap. And it's probably on, it's probably on like ITV3 every other night. Come on. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Um, Because me explaining it probably isn't enough. And I probably confused the shit out of you. And... If you have made it to the end, thank you. Uh, Thank you very much. As always, please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Um, 
all that stuff is great. The more people, the more ratings it gets and stuff like that. Maybe one of these days Apple will do something with it and just give us a bit of love. Um, give us, I'm saying us. Uh, there's only me who, who puts this podcast together and stuff like that. Yeah. And just get in touch, guys. Uh, download this on whatever you want, like Acast or Stitcher, whatever you got. Um, but yeah. I just want to hear from you guys. Any Anything you want to say about the podcast or anything you just want to say about Nicolas I'm happy to talk Nicolas Cage films. Day in, day out. Uh, always Facebook and Twitter are at Cage in Pod as well as Instagram. Uh, Instagram always posts up really stupid fucking photos and stuff like that. Uh, always posts like the artwork for the episodes and stuff like that. And yeah. I'm active on all of those and I'm always up for having a little chat. So please follow me on those social medias. And um, if you want to kick it old school, just send me an email, uh, which is CajunInPod at gmail.com. So, as always, guys, I have been your host, Petrus Patsilavis. I have been caged in. You have been rad. I want to take his face off. Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pontrol Cinecast, Caged In Copeland Connections. A Droop Town Limery, Maine, franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network, it's family.